0: Welcome to Be Simply. This is a segment dedicated to loving self, and the theme is for the benefit of all. Without further ado, let's dive
1: in.
0: Once again, I want to thank everyone for joining in today. This segment is about uh, loving self, self-love, and we have not done one of these in a really long time. Uh, I, when I started podcasting back in the day when podcasting was a naughty word, uh, these segments are really designed for self-help. They were uh, initially kicked off in that manner and have fed my clients' content over the past decade and a half, almost two decades now. It's so amazing. And what made me realize that it might be nice to bring some of these back is that now, flash forward, uh, people are really understanding the importance of loving self. Not that they didn't back then, but it's a much more accessible topic to have with the general populace. And so from a personal aspect to also to a spiritual aspect, the reason self-love is so important is that when anyone is in a state of self-loathing and they are actually harming themselves and others. And this can lead to behaviors of harming self and others overtly, meaning on the external world around you and also to the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body and the spiritual body. And so I'll break those down really quickly what it looks like. So if someone is in a state of self-loathing, meaning they're not liking themselves, they're going to notice that they have thoughts where they uh, talk negatively to themselves. They put themselves down um, how that looks on the outside world is they might um, do that to others is a, a subconscious way to make themselves feel better or equal, like they're not alone in this endeavor of feeling horrible about themselves. Oh, that makes my heart sad when I even just say those words. And then the the second part of that is the emotional, where that's actual the feeling of not liking self. So internally, this is a, it could be that H A T E word. I strongly encourage you to remove it from your vocabulary to self and others. And when one is in that state, it really degrades um, your heart center. Also it keeps you from feeling the divine love that's running through you, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, how that looks on the outside world is that when one is not liking themselves on the inside or worse, then they start taking those emotions out on other. And this is similar to how um, indigenous tribes will state, and I'm part of one, so I feel okay stating this, um, as above, so below. So when you think about this, component of above and below It's similar as inside as outside we mirror each other and it becomes a dance and it's like a chicken and egg dance sometimes the more this um, unravels so also what this can look like is when, when someone doesn't like themselves on the inside they grasp they're really desperate in a sense to find a relationship to uh avoid being alone so they're always looking for these other uh, beings around them whether it's romantic and otherwise to kind of fill this pain that they're feeling on the inside and then on the physical body uh, when we talk about someone that's not happy with themselves this can go both ways This could be where someone loses a sense of taking care of themselves meaning maybe their hygiene's not there uh they don't really even have a sense of self because a lot of times maybe they're even out of body or they degrade themselves and how they physically show up in the world. They might even put like tattoos and stuff that degrades the system further. And then how that also could look is someone might overtly make their body perfect. Uh, and so that's more that narcissistic pathology where it's a shield. So if, the person looks good they don't they think they're hiding that aspect of themselves that's hurting inside and the same thing if they're degrading the system that becomes a shield like people are afraid to approach the person because they've created a shield in a way that people can't relate to them further reinforcing how they feel inside now if anyone listening is feeling that way, I'm sending you a giant hug and I want you to know you're not alone. It's normal for people to have moments where they might do these things. The the slippery slope is the more that you do them, the faster you go downhill. And the more that someone has to shield, mask, whatever word you want to use to try to hide that that's how they're feeling. That's not a way to go because it'll... Come out in different ways, and this is why in our society, people are noticing and discussing uh, the narcissistic abuse cycle. Which I would say our society as a whole is recovering from this syndrome and uh, coming into a understanding of what that means and how each self contributed and how to get themselves out of this. No one's exempt uh, cause we're all participating in this together. So when we look at this, like if you just evaluate kind of where you're at and there are more subtle ways of not loving self, uh, where you might say, well, I don't do those overt things. So the subtle things would be that maybe you don't keep your mind in check. You overthink, and maybe you're not saying, um, harassing things to yourself or others or judgmental things to yourself or others, but your mind's always going. Okay. I'll explain why this is not loving self. And then, um, from there, I'm going to go through them all We the emotional body. Maybe that, that is swinging like a wild dragon's ride left, right and center. And it's taking you and others on a ride. So maybe you don't Feel that H-A-T-E word, but you are overindulgent in your emotions and that isn't self-love. And then the physical body, again, it might be on a full spectrum and maybe you're always going on crash diets or trying the next trend or pushing your body too hard physically uh, or overindulging physically in all kinds of substances Uh, You might be overindulging in consumption of goods, uh, sex, drugs, alcohol, rock and roll, all those things that create this grasping. That's not self-love. And then from there, spiritually speaking, it means that you would be avoiding your practices. You might say, oh, well, I, I pray a little or I meditate a little or... I go to church once a week, or I go to synagogue or temple, or I don't believe in any of that. So, But you still don't commune maybe with nature or take the time or space just for silence, meditation. Um, again, those types of actions are more subtle, but that's an action of being out of love for self. And so the reason I call this for the benefit of all is that when we're in true alignment with all of our actions for the benefit of all, it would mean first you get yourself in check. You're, you're really holding yourself accountable. Um, whether it's really overt or it's subtle, you bring yourself into check. So if we're, whether it's really overt, horrible thoughts about self and emotions about self, or it's subtle, meaning that you're not taking responsibility for the subtle thoughts, the subtle emotions, both of those different extremes are actually degrading your system and it's not beneficial to all, not beneficial to you and others. So when this happens, uh, it, you know, it'll slowly build and catch up on you. Even the negative stuff, the d- darker side of this, it'll catch up cause it'll come out. Like it'll be like a burst that flows out and in that, um, space, it's just important for you to remember like, wow, uh, the subtlety and the overt, and it starts with the subtle and then it builds to the overt. So to think of it that way, and you can just evaluate yourself right now, like, oh, how mindful am I with my mind? Cause this is, this mind is what is creating everything. So really important to put the attention there. And then when we look at the physical body and the emotions, the heart center, the heart center will feel more tumultuous, tumultuous. That's not a word. I can't say it properly, but will feel more volatile when you do not have a sense of responsibility with your emotional body. And then that acts out in the physical body and the verbal body. And so, when we're not going to be perfect, but when we don't have the foresight to be responsible, this again, degrades the system and isn't beneficial to you and others. And definitely is not an act of self love. So right now there's, you know, a lot of propensity to like draw lines in the sand to, uh, I don't know, isolate people, uh, do all these things. Sometimes that's necessary, and that's another segment, when you're healing. However, in day-to-day life, we can practice some tools, which I'll give you momentarily, to assist one another rather than constantly be putting each other in a box so we can't relate to one another. And people almost are very entitled. Again, this is not an act of self-love or love to others. And the the component where it relates spiritually is that no matter where you are, whether you're like a uh, kind of a they used to say when we go to church, a Christmas and Easter church attendee or every Sunday, it really needs to be a daily practice. However you commune with the unexplainable and if you do if you're agnostic or atheist if you have a thing for nature or something that you have deep reverence for that's sacred sacred meaning that it's not something you objectify or is objectifying someone else that it's it's truly or harming someone or someone else it's it's a like sacred like if you go out and stare at the trees for me that's so sacred so it could be like that it's not you don't have to do any big thing but a daily relationship with your practice and or faith is super important in loving self because and I tell this to my clients and students all the time that if you truly love yourself you're going to start there because that's where your compass is set and that innate wisdom inside that intelligence if you're watering it daily then It will help you understand how to take care of your physical, mental and emotional being. And it'll also tell you where you're at with your spiritual or faith and or faith practice. Because if you have that consistent one and you start to push the boundaries with your, your faith practice, and then you realize, Ooh, I got out of line pretty quickly. And, That's because you, you, if anyone was walking around and thought they were, let's say, truly, uh, embodying their spiritual goal, um, and then they were in a setting and they weren't able to hold it, that would be, uh, understanding to them that they're not there yet. It's no judgment. It's just like, oh, yeah, definitely not there yet. (laughs) I call it humble pie. So Think of it this way, that if you don't have that practice, that's out of sight then. And so it's a much more slippery slope to start doing those things that cause you to do grasping, to not be in your moral compass, all those type of things. And that's why if you do that one thing, spiritual practice, it'll help you be in alignment with loving self. In addition, it will help you understand that statement I let in with for the benefit of all so this is confusing right now because here we are everyone's learning how to have emotions everyone's learning to have boundaries everyone's learning how to isolate from each other It's, it's becoming like you know confusing more confusing than it was before Yet it's important that when people learn to have their voice, they learn how to stand on their own two feet and they learn how to dance with one another. It's not going to go perfect every time we're going to step on each other's toes. But I really encourage you guys to get back out on the dance floor and not like just shun people from your life just because they weren't behaving properly. Again, this goes into that more extreme inner self-loathing narcissistic pathology. So, What I encourage each and every one of you to do is one, just evaluate like where you are on truly being responsible. And so, the responsible aspect of self love is that if you truly want to know what it means to love self, the mind is empty. There are no thoughts. The mind is empty. I say this every which way. And there's no reason to think, there's no reason to affirm. Just keep it blank. Because once you affirm it one way, then you're affirming the opposite and you're creating duality in your mind and it could be a slippery slope. Sometimes that's needed. Sometimes that's needed because it keeps you out of saying the harsh things for each other. But the ultimate goal would be no, no words. And then from there, even affirmations aren't necessarily necessary. But if you they keep you out of going in the dark hole, go for it. Yet I would... In, encourage you to visualize where you want to be versus using words to affirm something that maybe you've never experienced or you're not understanding what that means. Because again, our voice we need to be very careful with our speech and our mind. But if you just visualize where you want to be versus harming yourself with your thoughts or others with your thoughts, this will help on that. And that's where the ripple effect occurs where the pebble in the pond Where that mind is still, those ripples are less and less and less. And it makes life easier for yourself and others. So that's an act for the benefit of all. And bit by bit, you would work towards there so the mind can retain its emptiness. Space is the element that governs this area. And the next part would be to understand what you're doing with the mouth and the ears. What are you doing to create your reality? So if you're talking negatively or harshly about yourself or others out loud, you're sending this out not only telepathically, but you're orating it into the world. And some they will talk about abracadabra. Our voice weaves our reality. And you keep reinforcing it, just like maybe some of you experienced growing up. maybe your parents reiterated a certain concept and then it could have had a negative or positive impact on you so we want to be mindful with the speech and also we want to if we don't want to necessarily uh, fake it that's why the affirmations aren't always helpful but it's more like okay if you don't have anything kind to say about yourself or others it's best just to be silent And then to be really aware when you do speak as to what you want to share with others. As the mind silences, the mouth will silence too. And as you listen more, that will impact you too. So the next component is the emotional body. And this is a supercharged area. This is where people send out their suffering from their mind and their heart. Their words follow sometimes, but it can be felt. It's a charge, an electromagnetic charge that is a stinger to people around. So if you're not feeling well, and then as I expressed earlier, and send it out to someone else to try to get them vibrating with you or to bring them down so you feel better, um, it's going to be felt. And that isn't beneficial. The beneficial practice... Is to get the heart clear, clear like the mind, get that electromagnetic field, just neutral. And it's okay to have emotions, but we don't need it to be the dragon ride. So that neutrality is a beautiful act of self-love for, for yourself and others. It gives you a rest because if we were happy, sad, angry, stress, anxiety, all these things, we're exhausted by the end of the day, right? And so, we want to keep the center as still as possible for ourselves so that we get more clear about detecting the types of people we're interacting with and their true what's true. Uh, that's why we've gotten ourselves probably in a lot of uh, difficult situations, a lot of suffering over the generations, is because this area has been anything but neutral. So, mind. Speech, heart, and then the physical body. When you're in a place of self-love, you're not going to take any actions with your physical body to harm yourself or others. And so if this has occurred where you've gone there, it's really important to take some time to continue to walk around those situations in your mind's eye. Not to judge or punish yourself, but just to bring them back into neutrality to understand that there was some part of your suffering that generated that overt action with your physical body, hands, maybe speech simultaneously, mind simultaneously. But that is rooted in this aspect where you're not okay with self. You don't love self. And that's definitely not to benefit all. So again, just like the stillness in the mind, the mouth, the heart, the ears, active listening would be with the physical body that you would hold still physically still. Anytime we start moving, we're sending charges all around. We're communicating what we're doing and we're leaving an imprint in space. So if you hold still, then you can assess and you can get comfortable with yourself and you get comfortable with your heart center, get comfortable with learning how to listen and see what you truly want to communicate. And you'll enjoy the peace and quiet that will run through your mind. So the final part, as I let in with these remedies, is really to cultivate the space for your spiritual practice and or faith practice. And if you need some assistance figuring that out, please reach out to me. I work with all faiths. I love that part of my work, encouraging people to understand what that is for them and encouraging them to be true to it, uh, not just kind of meet it halfway. And it, it's an effort. But when we're in that action, cultivating that, it'll make everything else that I just mentioned a lot easier because it's just like, oh, you know, Oh, I just mind blank, heart neutral, less speech, hold my body still, <laughs> and then see what happens. And and you might be saying, oh, she just wants us to stand in one spot. Not like that. It still means like you're you move through space and you're not leaving it an imprint. So have you ever been in a house where someone gets up and they stomp their feet and they slam the door? And the cupboards. And they have no idea that they're doing this. <laughs> and maybe you're in the other room going, what is going on? Because maybe that's not what doesn't happen in your home. But you're visiting There's That is because someone hasn't taken the time to get still. It's no judgment. It's just where they're at. And it gives you an understanding. So you can have compassion for them. And you can be kind to them. And you can be present with them. So that is the ultimate remedy here is that you start with those kind, that kindness to self, compassion for self, and that patience for self, and then let that ripple out, out beyond. So even in the discussion that's the hot topic in this past few years is the narcissistic pathology is that you know, it's a domino. These patterns have been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And I have a tool that I I share with my clients, um, even my family, like when you're feeling upset about something, I just call it um, to do a little sweeping around it. I I like to sweep. I prefer sweeping to like those loud uh, vacuums and stuff. So if you're, but if, Anyways, we won't go on a cleaning tangent here. But if you're sweeping, you just imagine in your mind, you're sweeping around that emotional charge and letting those subatomical particles that are still holding a charge dissipate by sweeping. And when you realize that maybe this imprint someone left on you, whether it was abuse, this, that, or the other, other, that that was passed to them. And so imagine if I say, okay, I want you to sweep and you're going to put everything in a dustpan and I want you to put it in a box. And then I want you to give it back to who gave it to you, but you have to give it back to the first person that gave it to them. So this would create an interesting scenario because maybe you associate it with one of your parents and you're like, I'm going to give it to them, but you know your parents' history and that Their parents did certain things to them that shaped them to be who they are. So then it's like, oh, do I have to give it to my grandparents? And then you know that their their parents did certain things. So you keep trying to find a place for this box of energy that you want no longer to be held by you. And all you have to do is just neutralize it. Just let it become dust. Vaporize it. And as you do this, you will feel this beautiful beautiful resolve that you don't have to get back at anyone you don't have to be mean to anyone that you just realize like wow we've all been like passing this around like the hot potato and I can simply sweep and allow it to dissolve and then how you know it's truly dissolved is you stop telling the stories about your suffering you just let them be Because every time you pick up that story, you reshape those subtonical particles and you reshape the charge in your body and you reactivate it. And we don't need to do that. And that, again, isn't an act of self-love for yourself or it's not an act of love for others. So after this segment tonight, I just welcome each and every one of you. To just contemplate where you could tidy up on your self love journey. And this isn't, this is really an internal, just being really honest with where you're at. And it doesn't mean you have to get stuck in analysis paralysis every single day. Just notice the subtleties and work in the moment as it naturally, organically arises to dissipate the energy that is causing. The obstructions in the mind, the body, the heart, the soul. And then take the space to tend to each one of these bodies with the things that you know work for you. So with all that being said, I'm going to close out. I appreciate each and everyone being here. I'm going to leave a little segment of a piano piece that I call Cosmos that I did just for you to sit. And Just marinate with what I just shared, let it roll like water down your back and into the earth, and then we'll completely exit out with Kadri Scott and All I Need. Until next time, this is Suzanne, aka She, with a full heart, a soft gaze, a gentle swim. Again, inhale and exhale. Good. One more inhale and exhale.